This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One of the big questions is what is money? practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second past. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. This podcast is here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything about it, and this is the very beginning. Crypto Curious is a place to get started as we cover off all the basics that you need to know, but we recommend heading back to the early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. Hello, my name is Tracy and I'm joined by my mates and colleagues from the Bamboo app, Blake and Craig. How are you going, guys? Very well, Tracy. Thanks. Hey, Craig. How are you going? Good. Thanks, Tracy. How are you? Very well. Today, we are very excited to start our series on NFTs. We're going to spend three episodes talking about this well because it's clear that it's what you've wanted to talk about if our crypto curious inbox is any indication. If you're thinking WTF is an NFT, go back to our NFT non-fungible ID episode in the feed. It is episode number seven. And we give you the one-on-one there, and that's where you'll get up to speed with the basics. Here we go. Let's take a deeper look on how NFTs have morphed and changed over the last two years. They've really embedded themselves in modern-day culture. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who hasn't at least heard of NFTs. So that we can all understand a little easier, we're focusing on each episode in one topical area. So that will be art, which we're talking about today, gaming, and then music music. And why are we starting with art? Because that basically is the OG. That's where it all started. So today, we're going to look a little bit at the NFT art scene and where it started. And then we're going to push forward and talk about those popular art communities and the NFTs that are out there right now. Quick recap before we get going. There are two kinds of art in the NFT world. One is a collectible. Now, these are the ones you may have heard of, like the CryptoPunks and the Bored Apes. They're a collection of normally around 5,000 to 10,000. But if you want to compare these to collectibles in the real world, think of something like Air Jordans. There are thousands of Air Jordans made, um, but they need to be the authentic Air Jordans from the Nike store to be worth anything. Um, You can probably go to a market and get some cheap Air Air Jordans, but you're not going to look as cool as someone with a fresh, authentic pair. And the second type is the one-of-a-kind Think of it like owning a Picasso or an original Leonardo. What's his name again? The artist? Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. Think about owning one of his pieces. Yeah. No two paintings are the same. They're originally painted by an artist. Um, and now these artists are ones like Beeple who sold a 
piece of art a few years ago. It might have been last year last for about year, yeah. yeah about seventy million US, which is pretty expensive for a JPEG, Tracy. So when we talk about the beginning of NFTs and art, collectibles really were the first ones, though, weren't they? The big first lot of collectibles were the CryptoPunks, um, and if you want to scale it back even more, we touched on you know the CryptoPunks you know, back in the day that actually came up with the Bitcoin experiment. And you can actually go back to the Bitcoin forum and how Finney, who we've talked about here on the past, he actually talks about crypto trading cards in 1993, which is pretty insane. He talks about the, the, the idea of authenticating, authenticating collectibles online. And just to go back, Lake, do you want to give a recap on who Hal Finney is? Hal Finney was part of the cypherpunks and was part of the group of people that potentially, you know, led to the creation of Bitcoin. And Hal Finney also, you know, he's a computer scientist and invented smart contracts or at least conceptualized them. So a really important person in the sector. Yeah. Mm. And just back on to how the CryptoPunks you know, actually started and why they became such a big thing is because you could actually authenticate the rarity of a punk online. Now, if if you think about it back in the day or in the real life, in the real world, if you have what you, what Blake might think is a very rare baseball card, he might need to give it to an expert and he can give his best guess and say, look, you've got a, you know, really rare card here it's probably going to be worth 10,000 or whatever but Mm. now with you know having these rarities coded in if you have a zombie crypto punk you have a trait that may only 10 punks out of 10,000 have so obviously that's extremely rare yeah and it's since then become a bit of a status symbol you know crypto punks Mm. was the first and now we've got you know bored apes crypto kitties and the likes could I, you know, raise the idea here about, you know, maybe the difference between collectibles and art? Of course, collectibles have a component of artistic merit to them. However, that's, you know, not necessarily their focus. Their focus is on, you know, the rarity and the where they fit within the culture of the crypto sphere. Um, whereas there are other elements of like NFTs that are far more focused on the artistic merit. So I think, you know, we, we could almost define two subcategories within NFT art. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. So art is where it's all started as NFTs. And that's because this type of thing fits perfectly with their pieces being online. And it's for these three reasons. It's because being NFT, it's trustworthy, it's easily transferable, and it will let them maintain their ownership rights. And it will even let them um, be paid royalties in the future, which we cover off in um, episode seven back there. Uh, But once again, really quickly, the basics. An NFT can be digitally represented by their artwork. And they can turn this uh, digital artwork into a one of a kind by creating a digital signature that defines the ownership of that asset. And that's written into a smart contract. And this can then be bought and sold for real money. And it can't be fractionalized like other things. So I've never done this. Craig, have you ever, um, have you, none of us have actually made an NFT. I don't think we have. Have you minted, you've minted one though, haven't you? I've minted a couple of stinkers, but I've never made one. Blake, if I was if I was to make an NFT, what what would I have to do? Um, well, there's different tooling that you can use um, in order to do that, and there's lots of platforms that have popped up to make it really easy for anyone to create 
an NFT. I haven't personally done it. However, I know that as the the industry has you know, come to more prominence over the last 12 months, it has become easier and easier. Let's take it back a little bit, Blake, and tell us, you know, when did we first hear about NFTs? How long have they been around? Um, yeah, NFTs have actually been around since 2014. Um, but you know, 2021 was the year that the technology really kind of came to prominence. And over the course of the past 12 months, NFT scene has really evolved with, you know, lots of big names, you know, participating in the in the sector. Uh, like you mentioned, Craig, art was the first area for this to take off as artists recognized that for the first time they could attribute a rarity or ownership to a digital item. So a digital jpegs and digital art in the past if you wanted to use them in a commercial sense you would have to either pay a getty or a shutterstock and you know which are third party services exactly right whereas with certain nfts you get full commercial rights over that image so i think tracy me and you saw this the other day caleb brown who is a melbourne crypto firm they had a massive billboard in melbourne with their board apes as the advertising they said you know it was about six board apes and the tagline was um you're in good company which is also an equity mates podcast but um you know a, as a marketer i can really appreciate that but if you think about you know if he if they wanted to do that in the past with an image of i don't know skyscrapers or whatever they would have to go through the commercial rights usage process i suppose as well craig this creates the opportunity to you know peer-to-peer kind of licensing and lending without having to go through third parties because you know you can essentially code in the terms into the nft itself i think with artists you know like you said of course they're going to find different ways to be expressive and this is just the perfect avenue for them look at you know what's happened last year with the banksy original art piece that they burnt and destroyed on live video stream and they made that into an nft or just recently there was a russian visual artist in new york city who took a very unique stand against the violence in the ukraine and she burnt her passport her russian passport sorry in front of the Russian embassy she captured that footage and then you know made that short clip into an NFT and then donated 100% of the um, or auctioned off those proceeds to save the children of the Ukraine fund wow. and then I think yeah it's amazing and and speaking of, of auctions um, just a sidebar for a second to talk about the fact that um, auction houses are now you know really getting in there and reinforcing and legitimizing this whole NFT industry and I really want to go back and talk about Beeple who we mentioned in episode seven and, and Craig mentioned a little bit earlier but last year he sold uh, his compilation artwork and Beeple in his own right is a really well-known artist and this compilation that he sold for uh, 69 million last year was I think it might have been 5,000 individual artworks in put together in one piece of art and the, the way that this bit of artwork was sold the sale was facilitated by Christie's auction house and again this really legitimized the NFT side of things within the art world. Yeah, exactly right, Trace. And while NFTs have started generating impressive prices in marketplaces such as OpenSea, this was the first time the prestigious auction house had offered an NFT. So um, really a big change and you know, kudos to Christie's for embracing you know, innovation. I feel like that was the sale. That was the sale and everyone was like, 
yeah, this is a big deal. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And since then, uh, you know, Christie's themselves have done $136 million in NFTs. So they've gone at it in a big way. They're out there spruiking NFTs. They're actually saying that, you know, they're really skewing towards younger millennials and they're saying that about a quarter of their bidders this year uh, or to, so up, sorry, twenty percent since two thousand and nineteen are young millennials. So, so millennials must be buying art instead of property. Where do they even get the money? I just don't understand. I mean, they're selling their NFTs to buy art. <laughs> that it's just huge, absolutely. Huge. But there's no denying the engagement between the high end art world and NFT space is coming together quite rapidly with these auction houses you mentioned, Trace. Yeah, exactly right. Their rivals, Sotheby's, um, were the first to move into the Web3 world. This is pretty big news last year um, when Sotheby's launched Sotheby's Metaverse. And it's their own dedicated platform aimed at digital creators, offering a curated selection of NFTs chosen by the auction houses, which is yeah super interesting. So they're curating almost like a, a public art show. And these guys are the only auction house to build a proprietary custom NFT marketplace that will serve as a destination for NFT sales. And I think what we could you know, imagine here in the future is instead of having to fly all the way across the world to go to an art exhibition, you know, putting on your VR goggles and you're know, walking through a gallery with the artists and be them speaking about you know the art that's that's viewable um which you know is a big change i have a question for you both this rise in digital art what about original art what what about you know an iconic piece on the wall is that dead and gone I don't think so. You know, I think this is just a new segment of the market, you know, that's based off technological innovation, makes more new possibilities for new types of art. You know, it's not, I don't think it's replacing anything, rather maybe even engaging more people into the fine art world. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll go in roundabouts as well, because in another 10, 10, 20 years, it'll, it'll come about that, you know, that'll be back in favour again. Yeah, we're really talking about the virtual world here, um, but there was a big in real life artist gathering in New York late last year, Blake, and I think you just missed it because you're in the city a month later, but do you know much about that event that took place? During the first week of November, uh, members of the NFT community flew in from all over the world um, to meet in, in New York City, and, and it was called NFT.NYC. And the NFT community is vast and energetic and exists almost entirely online. So heading to a in real life event isn't the norm. But yeah, the, this was a really prominent moment because you know it forced people that you know wouldn't usually interface with you know the this segment of the market to you know visually see it. And there was lots of you know exclusive and luxurious parties with you know lots of celebrities and fintech and crypto bros and digital artists all getting together and doing what they do best. Yeah, and some of these um, communities for these collectible NFT projects are huge. And I know we've spoken about Board 8 Yacht Club a lot, but geez, they are so good at staying relative. I know it's one of your favourites, Craig. And, um, you know, they have just talked about the metaverse gaming world that they're moving into and they've announced that this week and I think you know so they're doing a whole big virtual land and you know probably a bit more about their ape coin Craig can you tell us a bit more about that what are they doing and a coin I don't I don't think they've worked out what the coin actually is yet but I think if if you hold it if you hold a board ape you're going to get 
a cheeky airdrop, I'd say. Like any good coin, nothing's too defined. Yes, exactly. But the yeah, the the price of the of the board apes have been going mad recently because of this. So Yeah, it's just madness. So they're currently raising funds at a five billion dollar valuation for which they're planning to build this gaming focused metaverse called Meta RPG. So that kind of thing just just boggles my mind completely. It's madness. But I think that's a good time to take a pause, help you digest all of that information about NFTs. But in a moment, we'll come back and we'll give you the lowdown on our favorite NFT projects and what we're keeping our eyes on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to the Crypto Curious, and we're talking all things NFT. So let's dive straight back in. Craig, do you have any favorite? Do you? Of course you do. Please narrow it down to one of your favorite collectible communities or artists that you can tell us about right now. So this project I have has a special place in my heart. It was the first NFT I ever minted. So minting means as it gets released, you're in the first batch of people that can get this NFT. So this is my first one and I was actually showing my dad how to sell it and I didn't think it would sell <laughs> and I sold it. I was like, oh, this is how you sell it and then like it's gone, right? Turns out it was a really rare one and if I held it now, like I told someone the other day, they were like, oh, no way, yours had a pharaoh hat. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. long story yeah. short, these guys were like the first, um, they're called Degenerate Ape Academy. So they were the first sort of big nft drop on solana and i remember that was during the solana solana summer tracy when solana was Mm -hmm. going crazy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you look at them up they're pretty cool graphic apes some of them are eating a toasted sandwich some of them are eating a banana my ex ape because i sold him Mm. he had a larry bird oh this is your larry nba shirt yeah and a and a pharaoh hat (laughs) And I'll literally look every so often to see if he's still for sale. But this is a classic case of an NFT community that has just gone like so amazing. So a few things the community's done. One, they made a degenate beer. So they actually had degenate cans and, you know, they gave them out. Where were they, sorry, where were these for sale? Is this, where where could you buy these beers? I'm not sure because I don't have an ape, so I wasn't across. Oh, so because you were part of, you only could get the beer because you were part of the community. Yes. Right. And they had these cool hoodies and then they had this thing for Valentine's Day where if you had two apes, you could stake them in a virtual bathroom and you could breed and then get an egg NFT. 
<laughs> Hang on a minute. Your apes were doing the do in a bathroom. They weren't even they weren't even giving you a bedroom. Nah, it's called that it was, it was called the shocking. great the great gang bang. Sorry, oh, sorry, oh. kids. Close and your ears, children. Close then, your ears. Yeah, you got an egg NFT. Did it hatch? Oh, I have no idea if it hatched. See, I don't have an ape, so I purposely keep myself out of comms. But sounds like you're right into what's going on in this community that you're no longer a part of. Mm. Is there a fee to watch this or what? Yeah, zero point six Solana to mate. Um, and so I think my hypothesis is that these guys have like a cult following. And um, if OpenSea ever supported Solana, then that would be a good thing for this community. So how many of these DGen apes were there? What, 5,000, 10,000? 10, 10,000. Okay. Wow. So you can really good. It shows how community-driven these are. You're getting your free beers. You're getting your free hoodies. Well, when they – even the Bored Apes, like, you could get a Bored Ape hoodie. But, like, these Bored Apes are, like – 400 grand so what you're going to walk around with a hoodie saying you know what i mean like you're just a target to get robbed so i don't know why that's really interesting anyway tracy what's your favorite i know you love a bit of an nft you're not bitter at all look uh, my favorite i don't i don't own or hold one of these ones but i remember seeing it this is always i remember seeing it i didn't get one at the time but my favorite yeah my favorite project right now is world of women and it's getting so much traction. And this is a relatively new company. It launched uh, in July last year by artist Yam Karakai. And I'm probably saying that wrong. But this is um, aimed at welcoming women into the digital collectible space. And it did get a lot of traction at the time. And the artwork, like a lot of these, is stunning. It's really, it's really awesome stuff. Um, it's really inclusive and empowering imagery uh, and the collection is, again, 10,000. It's really diverse and they're all female avatars um, and they were around 200 at the time when these came out in the really early days and now they're trading at like, you know, a couple of hundred thousand and, and up from there because obviously celebrities have jumped in and, you know, uh, the hype's all around it. And just an interesting fact, Canadian accounting firm KPMG uh, jumped in and purchased one of these uh, 25S at the time, 70,000, and they were saying that the statement read was women are underrepresented in the world um, of all things crypto, which makes us proud to make our first NFT acquisition in a, collect in a collection that supports women. So look, making a play there to support women in the space. Another really big win uh, for World of Women was their crossover into the music industry uh, with Billboard magazine. And Billboard magazine, who have been struggling with their print magazine for a while, wanted to really um, shine some efforts on equality at the time and they decided to create a special series of covers for women um, in the industry and showcase that. Uh, with three iconic singers and they had Christina Aguilera, Madonna and Mariah Carey and they used this NFT series and this artist to use those on the covers. So that went really well and uh, they all came out last month, which was pretty huge. And lastly, good old Reese Witherspoon, who's really been getting behind crypto recently, has entered into a partnership with um, World of Women NFTs and she's doing some kind of storytelling character universe franchise with these guys as well. So it's going to be, um, I don't know if it's a scripted or unscripted TV series, but that's just huge for a project that's ten not even a year old yet. I mean, but also the artwork's amazing, the story behind it's amazing and all it takes is a couple of these big thing, big big companies and celebrities to get behind it and it, and it takes on a world of its own. 
Um, what about you, Blake? Anything you're looking at at the moment? Yeah, actually, a friend of mine is um, starting a, an art project that really celebrates Frida Kahlo, which is a famous Mexican artist that died in the 50s. And about two and a half million people visit her home her, her and her studio in Mexico every year. Um, but because of COVID, a lot of people couldn't travel um, and and view her home and her works. So, uh, yeah, a friend of mine, he's setting up like a, a small metaverse um, that would be displaying her artwork. So people don't have to travel all that way to be able to, to check it out. They can get tours um, in the metaverse, um, from the comfort of their home, um, which you know maybe all the way across the world. So, yeah, really interesting wow. project, and just shows, yeah, it just shows the power of the technology, and it creates lots of accessibility for people. Really, yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, so there's just so much content out there in the NFT art world, and we could probably dedicate an entire podcast just to that topic alone, but we'll, we'll leave it there for episode one of our NFT series. You know, it might be uh, challenging to predict the future uh, for the digital art collecting, but it's safe to say we have yet to imagine the extent of what will emerge in decades to come, that's for sure. Next time we talk NFTs, we'll talk about NFT gaming. So if you have any burning questions on your mind, Flick them to us at podcast at getbamboo.io and we'll talk about the lay of the land and how it could become a trillion dollar industry. And that's it. So we still want to know what you want to know about crypto. So send us an email at that podcast at getbamboo.io email that Craig's just mentioned. So all those details that we've talked about today will be in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate and review us in your podcast app. But thanks for listening in and join us again next week. So bye for now. Cheerio. Thanks for listening. See you later. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 